Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we have a word of prayer? Everlasting King, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the firstborn of the resurrection, Jesus Christ, we give you glory this morning. And even as we dive into your word, our prayer is that Holy Spirit to give us clarity, give us understanding. Let your words take hold of our lives and give us the posture we need to go through this world in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, uh, Apostle Professor Sumin Brimpong, for that exhortation. And like the MC introduced, we have been looking at a series concerning our salvation relevant to the Easter. So, we took a look at righteousness. Then, we looked at justification and we studied our union with Christ. Then last week, we worked on sanctification. And this morning, we are looking at the very last step in the salvation of man, which is called glorification. Glorification. Now, what is the meaning of glorification? Why is it important to understand and live with the teaching on glorification? And how does glorification take place? You have been following the process of the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the time Jesus was born, he came in humiliation. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 says, Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, made himself nothing, and took the form of a born servant. Six. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Seven says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Yes. Being born in the likeness of men. And eight. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. So, Jesus being born as a baby and a human being, walking on this earth until the cross and his death and burial is called the humiliation of Jesus. 
But on the third day, on Easter Sunday, God raised Jesus from the dead. And his glorification began. And our glorification is tied with the glorification of Jesus. So what is glorification? Glorification is a big word and it comes from Romans chapter 8. We are going to read verses 29 and 30 where the scripture outlines how God went about to save us. He foreknew us. He predestined us. He called us. He justified us and sanctified us and then he glorified us. Yes. Romans, we are reading chapter 8 verses 29 and 30. Romans 8, 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Yes. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Okay. So, the word glorified, from which we get glorification, is from a Latin word gloria. Gloria just means honor. Extreme praise. Now, glory from Hebrew is kavod, from which we get ikabod, meaning the glory has departed. Glory in Hebrew means heaviness, weight, substance. So if somebody has exceeding money or wealth, or authority we say that is his glory so the glory of God is the sum total of God's power God's wisdom God's uh, creation God's uh, wealth and all that makes the Godhood of God that is the glory of God so when God created man, God gave man glory. According to the Genesis 1, 26 and 27, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let him have dominion, rule over all that God has created. And Psalm 8 verse 3 to 8 puts it neatly. He says, you have put all the works of your fingers under man and crowned him with glory and honor. But when man fell into sin, this glory God gave him, he lost it. This is why we often quote Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God that God gave man was lost because of sin. And it, at the time man lost this glory, God determined that he was going to save man. And this salvation has to pass through processes or steps. This is the reason why Jesus Christ came. When Jesus came, 
He was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. And before Jesus died, he said in John chapter 17 verse 5, he said, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. I want us to read the John 17, 4 and 5. John chapter 17. Yes. We are reading verses 4, four and 5. And 5. John 17 verses 4 and 5. I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. It's interesting. Jesus is praying the night before he died and he is telling the father I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do you bring glory to God when you accomplish his call and his will on earth yes and now verse 5 yes. father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world has existed. Now this verse is important because it shows us that Jesus had glory with the Father which he laid aside in coming to the world. Now, glorification is the process by which God restores man to his final glory according to God's plan for him. Now, it is not difficult to understand glorification if you remember these facts. The first is that justification is in the past. It deals with how God forgives us our sin and takes off the punishment of sin. Sanctification deals with our struggle now with the power of sin. But glorification deals with the time when the presence and power and the effect of sin will be removed forever. The second thing you have to notice about the differences is that in justification it is a one time decision of God that your sins are forgiven the punishment of sin has been cut off Jesus' righteousness has been put on you you are now the righteousness of God in Christ that is justification in sanctification it is a process and day by day you are growing in overcoming sin and the power of sin because having been justified and given a new nature made a new creation a new man in Christ with God's Holy Spirit living in you and the grace of God, you now have power to fight against the sin nature. This is why it's called sanctification. You are becoming holier and holier and holier day by day. Now, in glorification we come to the end of the road where the presence of sin is forever taken away. 
So, what are the characteristics? What are the things which mark glorification? I want to walk you through seven things that mark glorification. Number one is that Jesus will come back for the church, the wife, the bride of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we are reading verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Pom, 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 pom. The dead in Christ will first rise and we who are alive, we shall be changed and caught up with them in the sky. Then we shall meet the Lord and forever be with him. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. The Bible is clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 20 to 23 that by man came sin and death. Therefore, by man also will come the resurrection of the dead. So as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. First Corinthians chapter 15 from 20 to 23. Yes. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Yes. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Now, let's pause a little. I want you to understand that as a Ghanaian, I'm 65 years old now. I have been to every one of the 10 regions in this country. I've traveled outside Ghana. I have not come across one tribe in Ghana that tells us that when their people die, they will rise again. It's nowhere. Now, of the religions of the world, it is true, Hinduism and Buddhism talk about reincarnation. But reincarnation is not resurrection. Because reincarnation talks about coming back. If you were a human being and you lived a bad life, you come back as a dog. Or come back in an improved state. It is not resurrection. Now, Islam talks about resurrection. But the way Islam describes resurrection is unclear because their leader, Muhammad, is still in the grave in, in, uh, till today. Christianity says that there is a time coming when human beings will be glorified and at that glorification man will rise from the dead and that rising from the dead God has given proof to all men by raising Jesus from the dead the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday morning is the biggest proof 
for all human beings that the grave is not the end. If the grave is not the end, then COVID-19 is not the end of any human being. In your personal life, certain things, dangerous problems can meet you bigger than COVID-19. But I tell you, there is a resurrection. That is what the Christian message says. And that Jesus is the first to be glorified. And when he rose from the dead, he is proof that all those who put their faith in him will also be raised. And that's the second characteristic of glorification. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, the Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. From there, we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes, he will change this lowly body of ours to be like his glorious body. That's the second big thing that is going to happen. Philippians chapter 3, 20 to 21. Yes. Which I can't but read. But our citizenship is in heaven. You are on this earth, but you are not just a citizen of Ghana. You are not just a citizen of Togo. You are not just a citizen of Germany. You are not just a citizen of the United States of America. Your citizenship as a believer in Jesus is in heaven. You are a heavenly citizen living on this earth. Your eternal passport is heaven. Yes. And from it, we await a savior. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ. Correct. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Yes. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The second big characteristic of glorification is that this lowly body of ours, this body of ours that dies, this body of ours that if you don't paste or have your shower for two, three days, you begin to smell. This body which is <clears throat> weak is going to be changed in glorification we shall be given an immortal body that cannot die. A shining body which is glorious. We are going to be given a body which is just like the body of Jesus Christ. That is exciting. It means that there is hope beyond death, beyond the grave. This is why we quote Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. It says the secret which has been hidden for all these ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, the third big thing which will happen at glorification is that sin will be removed and the power of Satan will be cut off. In Revelation chapter 20, from verse 1 all the way to verse 6, the Bible describes the thousand years reign of Jesus Christ where Satan will be bound for 1,000 years and thrown into the abyss, the bottomless pit, so that he will tempt the nations no more. He will defeat, deceive the nations no more. And that time, sin who have no power over our bodies because the glorified body cannot be tempted to sin again. Once you die with Christ and are raised with Jesus, Jesus cannot be tempted with sin and you, your glorious body cannot be tempted with sin again. Now, you have to notice what God is doing. You see, what happened in the Garden of Eden was that when man sinned, he lost his glory. And then death and sin came. So to reverse it in salvation, God has to go through all the steps of bringing man back to his former position. So death must be banished. Then the body of death which we have now 
must be replaced with a body that cannot die. But not only that, sin must be removed. But the, the fourth one that happens as a characteristic of glorification is that this creation, what God made, was subject to futility or corruption because of sin, because of man's sin, animals, thorns and thistles, everything has rebelled. The earth is no longer the way God planned it. And glorification will bring the earth back to its normal state when God created it. Now, this is a little, this passage is a little long, but I want us to read it because sometimes it is misquoted. It's in Romans chapter 8. We are reading from verse 19 all the way to 23. Romans chapter 8 from verse 19 to 23. The earth will be restored to its former glory along with the glorification of man. Romans chapter 8 from verse 19 to 23. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Correct. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. I like that. The freedom of the glory of the children of God is what will bring freedom to creation. Yes. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. We wait for adoption as sons. The redemption of our bodies. The redemption of our bodies. Until this body, which can die, has been made a body that cannot die, we have not arrived. God hasn't finished the work of salvation as yet. The death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection carries benefits for our body to be redeemed. So salvation is not complete until you put on a new body that cannot die, that cannot be corrupt. A new body that is glorious. You put it on and God knows he has finished. Amen? Now, The fifth characteristic of glorification is that in justification, God justified us as it were one by one. When you accept Christ, you are justified. In sanctification, we struggle to be holy one by one. So one person can be holier than another person. But in glorification, All of us are going to be glorified together. Nobody will go ahead of his friend. We are all going to be glorified together. This is why we read the First Thessalonians passage which says that when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will first rise. Then we who are alive, we will be changed and caught up with them. Let's read the First Corinthians 15 verse 50. To 53 also. First Corinthians chapter 15. We are reading from verse 50 to 53. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 50 to 53. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Thank you. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Yeah. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall not all sleep, 
but we shall all be changed in a moment yes in the twinkling of an eye in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality the, this mortal the body which dies must put on a body that can resist death forever yes verse 54 no. says it's okay now I want you to notice another aspect of glorification with glorification is going to come awards prizes and rewards in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 Paul says the righteous judge will present to me on that day the crown of righteousness in 1st Peter chapter 5 verse 4 the Bible says those who are shepherds should remember that when the chief shepherd shall come Jesus Christ he will give to us a crown of glory now this means that glorification includes people being given awards people being given rewards people being given a, a citation for what they have done and glory is one level of glory is different from another level of glory so there is a level of glory which is for all Christians but there is another level of glory which is an award for the kind of life you have lived and for the work you have done for God for example in 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 and 20 the Bible says that the souls you have won they are your crown they are your glory when Jesus comes 1st Thessalonians 2 19 and 20 we'll read that 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 19 and 20 yes for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming yes is it not you is it not you for you are our glory and joy yes you are our glory and joy the souls you have won the people you have worked on when they appear before Jesus they are your glory they are your crown not we can also read the uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 1 same same idea Philippians chapter 4 verse 1 yes and it says therefore my brothers whom I love and long for my joy and my crown my joy and my crown stand firm thus in the Lord so it should give every Christian an idea that you see you need to work for God so that you will be rewarded and awarded on that day now this brings me to the last um, area of glorification the last characteristic of glorification I want to bring out that when we suffer for Jesus when we suffer as Christians on this earth it prepares for us a weight of glory in heaven let's read two passages 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 first of all and then we shall read Romans 8 verse 17 and 18 1st Corinthians 4 2nd Corinthians 4 we are reading verse 17 only 
Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 alone. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. This, this verse has been described as one of Paul's greatest verses in the Bible. Because when you read the same 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 7 and read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 22 to 33 and Paul talks about his suffering, beatings, his stoning and every kind of suffering. And then in this verse, he says this light momentary affliction. It means Every suffering we go through on this earth, including COVID-19, is first of all light. It's not heavy. Two, it's momentary. It endures only a short time. And he calls it affliction. He says it is nothing to be compared with the overabundant, surpassing weight of eternal glory which is being prepared for us. So he compares light with heavy. He compares momentary with eternal. He compares affliction with glory. And he uses the Greek word from which we get our English word hyperbole. He uses hyperbole. He says a hyperbole of hyperboles. It means surpassing of surpassing weight of glory. Whenever we suffer for the sake of Jesus, it is preparing weight of glory and reward for us in heaven. Amen. Let's read the Romans chapter 8. We are reading verses 17 and 18. Romans chapter 8. Verses 17 and 18. Romans 8, 17 and 18. And if children, yes. then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. Let, let's take it slowly. And you know, you know some Christians have the idea that a Christian should not suffer. Because Jesus has suffered for us. Why should we suffer? So whenever suffering is coming, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I reject it in the name of Jesus. Some Christians too, take every suffering. The one from Satan, the one from human beings, the one from your own foolishness, the one from God, they take all. So, ah, it's the will of God. You know, the middle line is to differentiate between Suffering which is for God's sake, for Christ's sake, for righteousness' sake, a suffering which is coming because of your conscience, you must differentiate that from suffering because you are a thief. You went and stole somebody's goat and they are slapping you and saying, Jesus, you know, there is, <coughs> the, the, the two are different. You need to differentiate. But the passage is saying that because we are children of God we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus provided we suffer with him that we might also be glorified with him the suffering produces the glory if you won't suffer with Jesus you cannot be glorified with him Philippians 1.29 says this is why we have been called not only for salvation but also to suffer with Jesus. And I like the Romans 8.18. Let's finish it. Romans, going back to Romans chapter 8 verse 18. Yes. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Come. You know, let me tell you something. COVID-19 can paralyze you. Fear of coronavirus can terrorize you and you cannot do anything again. You immediately you cough, you are even dead because you have already given up. 
But the scripture is trying to say that, look, there is more beyond. There is more beyond this life. There is more beyond this life. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Jesus, we should fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Now he's seated at the right hand of God. It means that Jesus was driven. He was motivated. He was moved by the joy which was set before him. A Christian's life should not just be driven by, I want to be rich. I want to be the most famous person in town. I want to uh, uh, what? build the biggest church in town. Those may be marks of success to make people honor you. But Jesus was driven by the joy that was set before him. This is what makes glorification an important subject. Because the joy of being glorified with Christ, the eternal weight of glory waiting for me, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the fact that I will shine like the sun in Matthew 13, 43. These things are to move the Christians to live a holy life, to live a consistent life, to live a life of daily walking in intimacy with Jesus Christ and living according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit because you are looking forward to God's glory. You are looking forward to the day of glory and immortality when, because you have suffered with Christ, you are being glorified with Him. Now, let me spend the last few minutes I have to bring this teaching on glorification into perspective. I just want to touch five things briefly. Number one, because we have been justified and we are in the process of being sanctified, Our eyes should be fixed on the things that are above, not the things on earth. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 puts it very neatly. I want us to read it. He says that because you have been raised with Christ, set your heart, your affections, your mind on things above not things on this earth. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Yes. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You know, our whole posture, we must position our lives such that Everybody who comes across you can see that you are heavenly minded and it is influencing the way you live on this earth. You see, that is the solution to bribery and corruption because I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not so crazy about getting money that every kind of money is, grab, is something I want to grab. No! You see, my mind and my heart is fixed on the things that are above. Therefore, there are things I can go without. There are things I can do without. There are areas, you know, I don't need to do everything because I'm heavenly minded. Some people think, tease us that these Christians are so heavenly minded, they are of no earthly good. And the opposite is that some Christians are so earthly minded, they are they are of no heavenly good. And because they don't have a heavenly mindedness, all their attention is on this earth. And this COVID-19 has paralyzed them. Because they have nothing in heaven. They have nothing heavenly about them. Therefore, everything has been invested on this earth. And they have nothing to look up to and look out for. So, glorification is the reason why we fix our eyes on Jesus. 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Number two, glorification makes us take a serious look at one another as Christians. Whether you like it or not, we are going to be glorified together. We are going to the same heaven. We are going to live forever together. Therefore, every child of God you meet, every genuine child of God, is a precious jewel. We need to build deep, intense friendships and relationships with one another here. Because in the life to come, we are going to be with one another anyway. Therefore, Christian fellowship is not haphazard. We are children of the same father. We have the same Lord Jesus Christ who died for us and bought us with his blood. We have the same Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Therefore, we are brothers and sisters. Yes, blood is thicker than water, but spirit is thicker than blood. And we should understand that because of glorification, we need to be careful about one another. How we treat one another. Number three is our attitude towards Christian suffering. We need to understand that even Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 25 to 26, when he rose from the dead, he said, ought not the Christ to suffer in order to enter into his glory. So, the Christian who wants to live a Christian life where you are dodging every, every suffering, you are dodging. You, you have a nice way of passing by suffering. You know, because you compromise because you don't want to suffer. Because you know that at the office, everybody is accepting bribes. If you refuse, they will peck at you. So, uh, Everybody is doing it, you also do it. In the exam, everybody is cheating. You know that if you don't cheat in the exam, you might fail. Or your friends will say you will report them. So because of that, they will persecute you. So because of that, you do it. And there are so many things. You are in a company of girls. Everyone is calling you, oh, you are the only virgin among us. Oh, Virgin Mary. Oh, Toto. Oh, you. And because of that, you want to please them. So you you must understand that there is a price there is a reward there is a glory to come and because of that you must dare to be different you must dare to not be part of what they are doing because you are a Christian and you are looking up to glorification and then my number four point is ministry working for God. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says that we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree of glory by the Spirit. Glorification begins from here only that it is not seen. The Spirit of God is changing us to become like Jesus from one degree of glory to another. And in so doing, it calls upon us to be ministers for Jesus. The souls we win the disciples we make, the love we show, the service we give, they are all working for us glory. 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 And it is this which makes us even become more tied to heaven. Because we know that if anything happens on this earth, we are gone. We are going to our reward. We are going to our glory. But if you don't work for Jesus, all you do is come to church, sit down, and after church, greet a few of your friends, and then go home. 
if that is all you are doing, what reward, what glory do you think you are? You are working for in heaven. And then my final point on glorification is that until this body takes on immortality and becomes imperishable and begins to shine, nothing on this earth satisfies me. This world is a dying world. This world is a a, a world which is decaying. This world is going towards more and more confusion. This world has nothing to offer. First John chapter 2 verse 17 says, the world passes away. This world, you can't, even if you don't die from COVID-19, you live to be 150 years, you will still die. And then what next? My prayer is that it will not just be justification how God has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of the cross of Christ on Easter Friday. It will not just be sanctification that you are wrestling with sin in this dark world but for the purpose of glorification you will live a life that is worthy of the gospel so that on that day when God finishes his work of saving you by changing your body that in Adam you fell but in Christ Jesus you rose and that in Adam you were made of earth and dust. In Christ you bore the image of the man from heaven. That day when we meet and shake our hands we shall see God's glory together. God bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.